So the other shoe finally dropped. This is the topic we're going to talk about today. The visit of the Speaker of uh, U.S. Congress, Nancy Pelosi, to Taiwan. Welcome to our show. I'm your host, Kathy Zhang. So despite the warnings uh, from the Chinese Communist Party, Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi arrived in Taiwan for an official visit at the night of August 2nd, local time. So what does it reflect? The state of the Taiwan-U.S. relations and the U.S.-China relations and what significant changes has occurred. So I will share with you the most recent speech by Professor Miles Yu, who is the former Secretary of State, Chief and China Policy Advisor at the U.S. Department um, for um, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And you may got some insights. So there has been many speculations and discussions on whether Pelosi will pay an official visit to Taiwan during her Asian tour. Based on Mao Yu, his speech, it seems it, you know, it's bound to happen. And you may wonder why. So please continue uh, with my show. So Mao Yu gave a speech at the Taiwanese American Center in Northern California on the topic of the development and the prospects of Taiwan-U.S.-China interactions. As you remember, Professor Yu visited uh, Taiwan with former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo in March of this year. And uh, in his speech, Professor Yu explained the most fundamental changes in the U.S.-China relations since the Trump administration and the reasons behind them. And then he analyzed the impact and the significance of Taiwan on the U.S.-China landscape as well as on the world landscape. To start off, he said in the speech that in the past five to six years, there has been important changes of relationship between the U.S. and China. The changes are not only just some specific policies, but most importantly, there have been some profound changes in the fundamental interactions and the principles in regards to China. He feels very fortunate to be able to play a role in promoting such changes and make that happen. Up to now, he said that such changes has basic, have basically become relatively permanent, no matter which party it is in power in Washington, D.C., whether it's a GOP or Democrats. He said it only difference, the only difference between the parties is in the degree of implementation of those changes. However, he said in terms of the basic philosophies, the general directions, and the general principles, there's basically some bipartisan consensus. Because the basic understanding of the Chinese Communist Party has changed fundamentally in all parties. And he said Taiwan certainly plays a very important role there. In the speech, he explained that in the past five to six years, there, uh, what are the fundamental changes in the U.S.-China relations? 
in what areas there are still some uh, things unchanged in this relationship. And then he talked about Taiwan's impact on the US, China, and the world, and what its uh, significance and impact. So let's go right into his speech. First of all, he just raised this question, what's the most fundamental changes in the US-China relationship in the past five to six years? 在过去五六年以来国际安全的头号挑战 and opportunities 那么现在中共它经济上发达了所以说这样子的话我们就觉得中共的战略意图呢美国这个政治制度存在的本身就是对中共一个最危险但是要把它转变成美国的一个国策
All right. So how specifically they uh, implement such change? Uh, Miles, you uh, referred to something that actually just uh, gave me an answer for a question I have been asking myself many, for many, many years. Remember, in almost every presidential debate, all the candidates will just talk about China, how bad is China under the Communist Party, and uh, how they will deal with it. And then, after the, you know, after the uh, election is uh, done, and the most, in almost every, each and every president just went off as usual, business as usual, doing, dealing with China. So Mao Zedong pointed out what's the reason behind it and uh, how they changed such kind of uh, mentality and operation, he, which he referred to, this is playing the China card. Chi 为了对付韩这个北韩的这个这个这个核武器，呃，伊朗的问题。那么我们都是一打中国这个牌，利用中共通过北京去解决我们需要解决的问题。这个呢，在川普政府以来彻底改变了，我们就是放弃了打中国
uh, to point at our friends in the Europe and to tell them what we and the they have to do. Therefore, he said uh, in the, under the Trump administration, they had this series of strategic shifts. He said it's very important, the strategic changes that has happened. Mao Zedong then went on and explained in terms of Taiwan relations, there has been some very important changes as well. Mei 台湾在过去几十年来是一个民主和专制一种对抗的问题因为我刚才讲了再下一步可能就是南中国海奥地利他说是德意志人他们讲德文有文化传统土丁也是这样的他却打乌克兰他不是说有领土争夺了他是一个以文明国家的这个角度来说的所谓的civilization state 如果你中共也是这样的
，新加坡基本上是搞这个均衡外交的，谁都不得罪。Okay. So then Mao said, after Taiwan, they went to Singapore, and Singapore is a very unique country. Singapore basically does a balanced diplomacy. It doesn't try, you know, doesn't want to offend anyone. That is, no matter good guys or bad guys, you know, Singapore just deal with it for its own survival. And he can do it can do very skillful diplomacy, working on the. Uh, tight rope. So this time, at, uh, uh, as the Russian and uh, Ukraine war happened, it acted very differently. So it was the first country in Southeast Asia to jump on the bandwagon and strongly condemn the Russian and uh, impose the sanctions. Why is that? Mao Zedong, you explained there are 85% of Singaporeans are Chinese. They all know if the logic of Putin's aggression can be justified, then the Chinese Communist Party can use the same reasoning, saying that, for example, European government is bullying the Chinese uh, and the Chinese interests, or maybe Singapore will elect someone of Malay descent next time. So it can have the excuse to invade Singapore. For people, this is a very dangerous thing. 我觉得这个在台湾的问题上呢，呃，呃，呃，这个性质已经变化了。就他，他现在就是说，呃，我们现在认为就是，如果说我们不把这个中共的侵略野心停止在台湾，那么这个中共的侵略量就会继续下去。那么这会对整个地区稳定和世界局势都会造成非常重大的影响。啊，所以从这个呢，就是说我们要保卫台湾，啊，呃，这要提到一个非常高的日程。这就是为什么。日本的政治领袖，澳大利亚的政治领袖，他们都说，呃，台湾有事就是我们有事啊，呃，是澳大利亚可能还没说的那么直接明白，但日本人有就说了啊，啊，所以说这个呢，都是基于同样的考虑，所以保卫台湾，它有一种世界意义在里面。Okay, so he believes protecting Taiwan has a significance uh, for the whole world. Mao also said that uh, people of Taiwan, for a long time, they just feel, you know, the country is just so small. They feel that uh, they are being bullied by big countries. But uh, Mao encouraged people of Taiwan should give up this kind of thinking now. For example, Israel is small too. He said Israel has always been surrounded by neighboring countries and rival countries for decades. But for its own survival, Israel has been connected to the world's righteous forces. So it has been a beacon of uh, democracy, uh, that referring to Taiwan, uh, you know, in facing a communist re regime. So he said Taiwan is also very important in this regard. Mao Zedong said, uh, based on this understanding, there has been a very important change in the development of the US-Taiwan relationship. So, what exactly is that change? 基于这些认识呢，就是啊，美台关系呢，我们发展美台关系呢，就有一个啊很重要的变化。这个变化是什么呢？就是我们发展美台关系，基本上跳出了美中关系的框架。我们发展美台关系，就是为了发展美台关系，跟中美关系没有什么那个关联啊。当然说一点关联也没有，也不对。但是我们有这个。啊、呃，有有这种意向，我们从实际上你看，在川普政府里面，我们跟台湾发展的一些一些关系啊，是非常密切的，啊
，我们派了很高级的政府官员去访问，呃，然后我们还有这个发展了这个经济上的、贸易上的这些谈判啊，技术上的方面都有。当然军事上呢，可能我不太不愿意讲的太仔细，但是大家可能都知道，我们在在川普时期，呃，对台湾呃消失的武器，我们的国防上的磋商啊，这个这个咨询是非常密切的。所以说呢，这个呢就是这个就是这个美台关系的框架。And、uh, Miles continued to share that、uh, he said that the American Institute of Taiwan in Taipei is huge. Not only the land is huge, the building inside, you know, on the land is also huge. And he said that that's one of the largest diplomatic offices of the United States in Asia, and that he see. And、uh, he said、um, that shows the existing strategic deployment of the Taiwan,、uh, of the United States towards Taiwan. And、uh, he said, "Well, in the United States, we are very concerned about Taiwan, about the future development of the U.S.-Taiwan relationship, and that, that also has long-term considerations." Then Mao Zedong pointed out another aspect about Taiwan. So, what Taiwan can offer to the United States and to the world? Taiwan has some of the most critical technologies and manufacturing industries that hold the fate of world. For example, TSMC. There, he said, there has been very few countries that can make such a reputation as TSMC. Therefore, he believes Taiwan is not a passive pawn in the world. Especially not a passive pawn in the mid middle of the United States and China relationship. He has some so many friends. He said that who are doing business in Taiwan and that their entrepreneurship is just amazing. He said people of Taiwan have the spirit of originality, entrepreneurship, and adventure. So comparatively, the Chinese Communist government's aggression is even more absurd. Actually, the most important thing, the most important thing is that Chinese communist behavior is actually very unacceptable. Uh, uh, they are aggressive to Taiwan, and you are aggressive to Taiwan. So now, many countries are considering this problem. And、uh, then Mao Zedong also shared a very important point. He said,、um, "Under the since the Trump administration, we have also changed some other practice of、uh, U.S. dealing with the Chinese Communist Party. What is it?" He said,、um, "We feel that the dealing with the Chinese Communist Party is one thing, but dealing with the Chinese people is another thing." We talked about this before. It was the first time, the first U.S. administration that truly separated. The Chinese Communist Party from the Chinese people. He said that we didn't know this is something that many people in the U.S. don't know about, and we thought it was a common sense thing, but and it was very obvious. However, when、um, Pres- Secretary of State Mike Pompeo had this line in the middle of his speech, you know, Chinese people are different from the Chinese Communist Party, telling people of the world. About this very clearly, that、uh, you know the CCP Chinese people are not the same thing. Then, what's the reaction from the Chinese Communist Party? They were furious. 
the next day was, you know, they, we, they had a strong condemnation. And uh, so he said, this line was actually the CCP's most fearful thing. And uh, this is that exactly really hurt the CCP. That's why um, the Chinese Communist Party, they always rules in the name of the people and uh, slaughter its own people. Mao Zedong said something, you know, I can understand just very quickly, but I think you would understand quickly too. If you go to mainland China, you will see all those names. I think about it, the People's Republic of China, the Chinese People's Liberation Army, the Chinese People's Police, the Chinese, uh, uh, the People's Bank of China, the People's Daily Newspaper, everything are in the name of people. However, Mao Zedong said all of these are ruling the people in the name of the people. So after this was exposed, the CCP is very scared. So later on, in terms of the issue of Uyghurs, the Hong Kong issue, the Trump administration was unrelenting. He said all previous U.S. administrations had avoided such issue and turned a blind eye to it, but the Trump administration did not. And he said, actually, the current administration has inherited some of their practices, at least in terms of the theoretical framework. The Biden administration has inherited them completely. So what does that reflect? Mao Zedong said it reflects another very important change. That is, over the past five or six years, we have completely overturned the so-called 1972 framework. What is this 1972 framework? In that year, 1972, President Nixon went to Beijing and made a framework with Mao Zedong and Zhou Enlai, the prime minister at the time of the CCP, saying that uh, the U.S.-China relations uh, have a new model from now on. And what's that model? That is, what it, um, by seeking common ground while reserving differences. Okay, seeking common ground while reserving differences. It means that uh, we're pursuing common interests. We all oppose the Soviet Union. We want to fight together. So what does that mean by reserving the differences? The differences are like the political ideology of human rights. At that time, there was no trade. And uh, um, so the relationship between China and the United States in 1972 the, China, uh, the Shanghai Communique was narrowly defined. The Taiwan issue, you know, of course, could not be discussed at all. So Ma Zedong said that the seven, 1972 framework was very narrow. So over the past few decades, the relationship between China and the U.S. has de developed extensively over the past half century. Yeah, that includes economic, trade, you know, some cultural and environmental aspects, etc. But there are many other aspects that we cannot talk about, especially human rights. Taiwan is definitely not an issue that they can talk about.
Even though the world has changed a lot, the U.S. can only talk about what the Chinese Communist Party wants us to talk about. And that has been going on for decades, almost half of a century. And then there came, came President Trump. He took office. He said, these things are just cliche, the garbage, we have to change. And he said, our engagement with China has to be on all fronts. We wanted to talk about trade, but we want to talk about fair trade. We talked to China about everything. We're going to talk to them about the fight against the criminal syndicates across borders, have to talk about the international drug restrictions and the sanctions, and want China to um, uh, talk to China about the uh, committing the genocide in Xinjiang, the Uyghurs, and they're going to talk about um, without mercy. So Mao said that this is part of our relationship with the United, between the United States and China, and we need to engage with China on a multilateral basis. We cannot have a very narrow relationship. So after the Hong Kong issue came out, the administration was relentless. The CCP officials were sanctioned from really the very top, the deputy chairman of the Standing Committee of the National People's Congress and to the members of the Politburo, etc. So he said that's unprecedented. So under, that, uh, under Trump administration, they put the relationship between China and the United States basically on a more comprehensive, uh, healthier track. Of course, the Chinese Communist Party is not happy with that because they have been accustomed to the very narrow, defined 1972 framework. But uh, the Trump administration was, has, was determined to set things back to a situation where we treat, uh, treat the CCP government as we treat all other regimes. But more than that is that uh, we use American values, American laws to measure everything they do, everything they say when they deal with us. We use the international standards to measure and react to the Chinese Communist government. So Maozui said that that's very uncomfortable for the CCP. And uh, so he said it's very important to put China's relationship with the outside world on a more normal track. Otherwise, there will be many problems in the world. There are some of the main ones. Um, and uh, he said, uh, you know, there are many more aspects. For example, the principle of uh, reciprocity. We will do what China does. We cannot say you can let some Chinese companies come to the United States to list uh, on the stock exchange, but our regular, our regulatory personnel cannot even look at their books. So that's nonsense. So he said we are gradually strengthening uh, these things. Another point is actually the most important point is that the Chinese, uh, the American society has a new understanding of the nature of the Chinese Communist Party and a new understanding of this um, ruling party is so important. The Chinese Communist Party is completely different from a democratic country. We can no longer allow ourselves to be deluded and drugged. 
And he said, uh, we are dealing with China. The Chinese government is not a normal society. So that's the very basic, very main ideas of uh, Professor Mao's Yu's speech at, uh, you know, in Northern California just two weeks ago. So it's not directly referring to what's happening right now. The Speaker of the House is visiting uh, U.S., but, uh, you know, I think his speech really revealed a lot of insights behind the scene of this trip. And uh, I know a lot of, you know, with the current administration, and there are a lot of um, um, dissatisfaction, right? However, I think one thing that uh, Mao Zedong pointed out is so important. We all have to really realize who is the common, the most, um, most uh, important threat to our free world, to the United States. And no matter what's, you know, the differences between the parties, that's something we'll deal with it uh, in the United States. However, we have to really understand what's the common enemy, the most uh, threatening um, parties there. That's the Chinese Communist Party because the CCP, what they most wanted, which makes them stronger, is a divided United States, a divided free world. So I don't know how you think of uh, his um, uh, sharing of such insights. So would love to see you see your comments uh, in under there in the comments. And uh, so uh, let's see. It's let's see some of uh, your comments there. Oh, Ruth said that your show is so valuable. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you. I'm, I you know I'm glad in the that you like it. You find it helpful, and uh, I appreciate that. So. Intensive harvest. She's only going there to visit the computer chip company that she's investing in. All right, that's uh, um, some points there. And uh, oh, Nvidia. Okay, on the farm, she never is for the good of people, but always for financial improvement of herself. Yeah, I believe you know the. Uh, these issues has been exposed, and uh, that's something really important that uh, we in the United States can continue to have this type of uh, third party, the um, third party, the transparency. Because in China, there's no such thing, and all those Chinese Communist Party uh, high officials, you know, the 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 corruption there is just uh, unimaginable, unimaginable. It's, and there's no third party, there's no uh, media or the citizen media um, to expose that. Otherwise, you'll get into trouble. No matter what, in the United States, we still have this um, you know, mechanism and have this freedom. So we really have to treasure that and uh, work hard to preserve that. I know a lot of such things happening, you know, it's not what we like, but the matter of fact that we are talking about it, the matter that the fact that it has been exposed, you know, this it, it, that that means that we have hope, and uh, we really 
you know, wanted to improve the current situation. And then let's see anything. Oh, on the safe chat, there's no comments there. So I uh, don't, don't know um, any of our audience there have some comments or think thoughts to share. All right, so yeah, and uh, I hope, uh, hope uh, you know, if you, you know, have other comments, would love to see that uh, even after the show. Yes, unmanageable. In un in manageable. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so uh, we'll continue to improve uh, my English. All right. So appreciate that you being with me for the show. And uh, all right, I saw Louis. You said uh, the message about the separating separation of CCP and Chinese people is spot on. It's very important. Thanks for emphasizing that. All right, you're welcome. Thank you for recognizing that. And uh, learning with Laura, there won't be a world after she visits. Jose, you said uh, bring back Trump during the swamp. Yes, so, well, this is the midterm election and there will be the presidential election two years later. So, indeed, I think, you know, um, no, yes, the reality, there are so many things that uh, is not, you know, about, is not up to what we expected or what we wanted. However, uh, I think one takeaway for myself really is um, how the Mao Zedong, when I talk to, discuss with him, he seems, he's very hopeful, very positive. I think this is what we need. He remains very faithful and hopeful about our system here because he came from the same place that I came from. The Chinese Communist Party ruled China and he then understand the system here a lot. So even though, you know, um, we all have different um, party or different uh, thinking on what's happening right now with the United States, however, the main principle thing is important that our system, the very existence of the system is so, you know, so much feared by the CCP and that means something, right? So even though it's not the perfect system, but uh, that's the best one we have right now and that's what the Chinese Communist Party wanted to be destroyed. So we have to work out hard to keep it, right? And uh, really realize what's the most dangerous threat we are facing right now. Okay, free speeches said that the administration is saying they don't support her trip, but he goes. I don't understand. Can you elaborate? Okay, so um, that's my understanding, all right? So in general terms, both parties in our government, in general terms, they have a consensus. You know, United, the, the 
most threat to the United States now is the CCP. Taiwan is very important, as Mao Zedong explained. It's not only an uh, issue of uh, sovereignty, it's, uh, it's the issue of uh, freedom versus dictatorship. So it's a bipartisan consensus. However, in terms of different people, there are still differences. And uh, he also explained how, you know, even though there's a com common um, consensus, but there are different degrees of implementation of such kind of uh, policy and uh, principles, right? So I think we can only speculate, I think uh, there are two possibilities. One is that uh, among the current administration, there are differences in terms of whether Nancy Pelosi should go there or not. Um, so, but on the other hand, I suspect that there, that could be a kind of uh, uh, smokescreen, right? Remember, in dealing with the uh, China-Taiwan issue, there's a, a US, United States has been like under a principle of uh, uh, strategic ambiguity. And according to my uh, discussion with uh, my, my conversation with Mao Zedong, he's always told me, actually, he doesn't believe there's a strategic ambiguity. The goal, the principle of how United States deal with China and Taiwan is very, very clear and even more clear now. There's no ambiguity. But in terms of how to do it, he said, we should keep it ambigu you know, ambiguity. Otherwise, the enemy will know how we do it. So I think there is possibility that it's just a, a, a smoke gun, right? As a, like a smoke screen that the administration, the White House saying, oh, you know, we don't support it, just to give some nicer gesture to the CCP, try to pacify them, and but underneath, in, in principle, you know, the majority in the administration still supports the trip. That's, you know, I think that's a possibility. So, I don't know how you think of my speculation, because, um, um, you know, the, the CCP, the government, what they usually do, does, is just to, just to, just to, just to, you know, show their anger and uh, say something very uh, strong, hoping that the United States will back down. And a lot of them actually back down because of that. However, for people who really understand the nature of CCP, for example, Professor Mao Zedong, Professor Victor Hansen, you know, they all know, you know, just dis dis disregard how they say, say what they say. You know, it's just like a, a, a dog who can bark, but it won't bite, all right? So, um, yeah, and, uh, uh, the, you know, maybe they just try to pacify them, you know, say, okay, you know, see, we say something that uh, we don't support it, but, you know, he, she still went. And I don't really think it's just an individual thing for Nancy Pelosi, right? So um, indeed, he, she might have personal agenda, but I think 
into, uh, in a more general term, in a larger uh, picture, I, think, I don't think it's for her own purpose. So, um, yeah, I hope I answer your question, at least from my perspective. And Matthew, you said, Free Speeches Congress is a separate branch of government, and they do as they choose. That's true. On the farm, you said, Nancy, hoping for positive exposure, for good photo ops, he may aspire for an even higher office, maybe presidency. Hmm, okay. Louise, you said uh, Pelosi bought and sold her NVIDIA the same day for a loss. There is something going on. Waiting on more news of this one. Okay, yeah, let's, uh, let's wait and see. Louise said, there were no Republicans that went on that trip. What does that mean? Right, I think they tried to put, a, put together a bipartisan delegate. Finally, it did not work out. So I'm not sure what happened during the process. Uh, it is not as ideal, you know, as uh, trying to, you know, if there's a component to having a bipartisan delegation. So I think it probably also reflects the polarization between the two parties. Uh, that's unfortunate. Um, you know, yeah, the, some negotiation may not worked out. Um, however, I think if we just jump, you know, came above it in general, this is such a blow. The trip is such a blow to the CCP. If you if you know Chinese, if you read, you know, can read what's out there in the Chinese media. Oh, one thing, you know, I, I, I'll share with you a couple of things what happened in, the, in China, all right, after this trip happened. So first of all, all the social media shut down in China. Okay, all shut down. Nobody can post anything. However, we all know that the Twitter is still working and uh, uh, some of those uh, diplo uh, diplomats uh, in China, the officials in China, they still can tweet, right? However, the spokesperson for the uh, diplomacy department, he didn't tweet a word after the trip happened, okay, after the visit happened. He didn't tweet a word. And uh, on the other hand, uh, the, one of the spokesperson, her, she always, you know, uh, speak out, have regular press conferences. And uh, one interesting thing she tweeted is that uh, she tweeted like an in reaction, right? A short paragraph. And then after a while, maybe 40 minutes or so, it got deleted. And then she just changed a few words, posted again. And he, she did that for a couple, a few times. Isn't that strange, right? So you know why? That's our analysis is that uh, really she does not have a lot of things to say about it. However, you know, they, have one, they need to show to the world, to the own people in China, they are reacting. So she only has these uh, couple of lines to say, 
So she just uh, posted, deleted, repost, showing that, you know, the government is reacting. Isn't that laughable? All right, and uh, and some of the reactions, like uh, replies to this um, to her posting, was like uh, you know a lot of people just right. You you can imagine the reaction. And some of the people who support the government, they feel so disappointed about what happened, and they feel so disappointed about what the government reacted in China. All right, so you can see what kind of um, uh, a shock or a blow this trip, this visit is to the Chinese Communist government. So I think this is the most important thing. It doesn't dismiss other concerns that you or me have, right? Uh, this is something we need to pursue, you know, we need to pursue the truth, we need to pursue the, um, you know, to, to correct things. Uh, Louis said, uh, you, I think all the rhino republics that are going to be held accountable have made deals to walk away, not run again. And uh, Hotro.Chick said, I like the gleam in your eye. Thank you. Um, and uh, Louis, you said, I've seen it before, but it was a whole new perspective recommend, recommend for all here to watch again. Oh, I think you're referring to something you posted before. Okay, Luis, you asked what's the news on China holding people money from the banks. Um, I have to get back to you on that because, uh, yeah, these few days I've been really busy working on other things. And um, so we'll get back to you. Jose, you said, uh, I do thank Pelosi for standing her ground and not backing up to the threats. All right, yeah, so dealing with the bullying Chinese Communist Party, the best weapon, the best way is not to back down. I think, yes, we, no matter what, uh, this is the best strategy, and I think we all should remember that. All right, thank you so much um, for being with me, and uh, just uh, enjoy reading your comments, sharing with you about my thoughts and sharing with each other. So I hope you enjoy too. All right, so that's it for now today and uh, have a great night and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>